Hey, how's it going? Kajem Artatsu, happy Sunday morning. Pro Football Ireland, Michael McQuaid, delighted to be joined by Michaela Fagan after what can only be described as uh, an interesting NFL wildcard Saturday weekend. We are, Michaela, a third of the way down. We've got two more nights of this crack to go. Um, first off, welcome in. Happy Sunday. How's the form? I think everyone, the form is very good after watching that Jags and Chargers game. That was what a start to the playoffs. Like We all expected the 49ers to beat the Seahawks, but to actually watch that Jags and Chargers game was just unbelievable. So the form is very good. The form is very good. I have to say it was definitely a very, very enjoyable evening in the NFL. I mean, regardless of the team you support, if you take your hat off or whatever. Um, I guess, you know, do you know what? We will not be obvious. And we'll start off with just a chronological order here. Like, let's let's talk about these Niners. Let, let, let's talk about Brock Purdy. Let's talk about the Seahawks as well. Because for me, this game was a lot better than I thought it would be. But the scoreline of 41 to 23 for the Niners, I think doesn't do the Seahawks justice. Um, you know, the Seahawks were leading this game at halftime. They then, you know, at the, honestly, Michaela, at the half, I started to think, my God, they could, you know, they could win this. They could win this game. And I think if that had happened, it would have been a huge shock, regardless of the way that um, Seattle have played this season. They've obviously shown signs of just fantastic play with, with Geno Smith, a quarterback who has really made this his team, and, and Pete Carl, who has really denied doubters and has found a way to make it work in Seattle and and then I go into the draft with with their Broncos high pick and an opportunity to try and carve that team into another different aspect of itself and um, which is going to be interesting to see because the NFC West I think will be a really um intriguing conversation in the offseason but I guess you know the story for me um is Brock Purdy the first rookie quarterback in a playoff game with four total touchdowns Brock Purdy and the the maturity. Now, don't get me wrong, he was shaky enough in the first half, especially in the first quarter, Michaela, but the, the maturity that Brock Purdy showed, in my opinion, last night, and the way and that this Niners team are stacked, the run that they're on, 11 in a row, I'm starting to look at this Niners team as my NFC champion, only because of the form, the momentum, and the experience that they're starting to develop over the last few games, I just feel that we're, we're starting to look at a team here that just knows it believes in itself and knows they can do whatever they want to do. Whereas the Eagles have been stop start the last few weeks with Jalen Hurts. I think we deserve an Eagles Niners championship game, but this Niners team are for real. I think there's no doubt about it, but it's not just for real because of the players that they have on the offense and defense outside of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is bringing this team to the level it needs to be, which is unheard of for a third-string quarterback for a guy that was picked last in the draft. It was a very, very enjoyable game. It was, yeah. I think when we were watching the game and in the first half, it was kind of like Brock was a little shaky and my friend who was watching it, who does not know anything about football, was kind of looking at the game and analysing it and was like, he's not playing well. And I'm like, he actually played very well the last few games he started. Like, and I was explaining the situation and stuff like that. And she was kind of like, well, he'd want to kind of cop on and start um playing well or kind of, I think he's just a little bit nervous. That was her observation as well. And I think that would have been the same observation for me. He did probably seem a bit nervous to the 
the height of the edge uh, the height of the occasion probably just spooked them a bit but whatever Shanahan and the guys like you know Kittle and McCaffrey and they all really value Brock Purdy so whatever they said to him gave him some belief back in himself and when they came back out then we we just in the second half they just did what we expected the 49ers to do which was kind of beat the Seahawks badly and show everyone that the Seahawks shouldn't have kind of even been on anyone's radar to win that game. It was surprising that now saying it was surprising, I think they were lucky to get the field goal to go in at the half to be up uh, by the one point, because obviously there was a, the, a defensive mistake, you know, we lowered the guy lowered his low uh, hit Gino when he was sliding. So obviously they, they got the yardage and got the field goal from that. So I think they're a bit lucky, like, don't get me wrong. The Seahawks played really well in the first half. And Brock was definitely a bit shaky, but I'm just glad in the second half that it went the way everyone expected it to go because we all, I think, like even as like a, like a fellow fan of an NFC team, I was watching that game. And I was thinking to myself, and I was looking at all the guys they have, you know, Kittle, Williams, a tackle, you know, Brock Purdy, such a great story. McCaffrey, I've always, always loved McCaffrey since I watched the Carolina Panthers um, documentary on Prime, All or Nothing. So I wouldn't be mad if they bet my Eagles in an NFC championship game. And I could no, obviously wholeheartedly I want the Eagles to win, obviously. And they've I just think it's a bit unfair to write the Eagles off now just because, you know, Jalen was injured. If Jalen hadn't got injured, they probably would have won all them games. They lost, they would have beat the Cowboys, they would have beat the Saints, and um, they would have won them games. The only game they lost was the Commanders. So I think they would have had literally only one defeat if Jalen didn't get injured. But like you said, if you were to put Nick Sirianni and um, Kyle Shanahan and put the two teams together, the 49ers definitely have more experience. If this does end up being the NFC Championship game, Philly are going to have to be really, really special like they've been all season. But I wouldn't be mad if the 49ers beat us and went on to win the Super Bowl because I'm like, that's a good team. And I like the Brock Purdy storyline. I like the plot of him and the 49ers and being the last pick in the draft and he somehow played amazingly and done himself so proud and done the franchise so proud so yeah the I wouldn't be mad if the 49ers beat the Eagles and went on to the Super Bowl that's just how good and likable they are it's funny because like Purdy's only like what 23 years of age so like when I was 23 I was sitting in the student union in Belfast on the Monday night, not knowing what to be out in my life. And, and this lad's on the verge of going to the Super Bowl, which is, which is insane. And mm. um, I think, yeah, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm certainly not being down on the Eagles at all. Like I've tried to be, um, you know, I, I think the, the way that the Eagles have played for the, but like for 99% of the season has been unbelievable. And and even when Jalen Hurts wasn't playing, they still have found ways. So no, certainly um, I, I give the Eagles credit, of course. I, I, I would love to see, this matchup now because I feel you know you got the two best offenses in the NFC certainly the two best defenses uh, for me anyway at the moment with, with, with the teams that are left um, and obviously we will see what happens later on on Sunday if the Minnesota Vikings win the Seahawks uh, sorry the, the Niners will host the Vikings um, and if the Giants win then the Giants go to the Eagles and the uh, I think it could be the Buccaneers or the Cowboys if I'm correct goes to mm-hmm. Seattle goes to San Francisco so you know look the, the Niners are going to be ready they actually it sort of worked in their favor because if they've got the game over on the Saturday they were the first team to play a lot of talk coming into the game Michaela about the weather and how it might be an issue like I mean maybe that's like people in California for you it's just real like it's grand do you know what I mean I, like I don't do know they not realize that their team aren't from 
the whole team aren't going to be from California like Brock Purdy <laughs> played at Iowa like I'm sure it rains up in Iowa and then Teresa like, Mannion would be a bit uh, worried of that like people go on about the rain do you know what I mean like it was just it's so I... it wasn't even raining like it was just very foggy and a little bit of rain like I saw Pete Carroll on the sideline and I was like looking at the jacket and I was like oh yeah like it's raining a decent bit like I but I was like it's not like it's Los Angeles like I'd imagine it had rained a little bit more in San Francisco but um yeah the rain probably should have played into the Seahawks more you know Seattle's known for being a very rainy gray city I, I seen a great stat from last night that I wanted to sort of highlight in this before we look maybe look very quickly at the Seahawks and then look, look at the Jags Chargers the Niners had what's classed as nine real possessions on the offensive side of the ball they scored on eight of them four field goals and four touchdowns they resulted in 505 yards of offense that is the most that they've had in the last three years in a game and um, and that's even with the last five minutes of the game, Michaela. And I, I have to give it to Shanahan because he kept a number of stars out there at the end, even when he didn't have to. It just it just shows the belief that the team have. But the, Seattle's defense for for all that they were doing throughout the season in certain games, you know, look, they haven't been fantastic all year at all. But they really had no answers for the Steiners team yesterday, and that makes me look at a potential game with the Bucks, a potential game with the Vikings next week. And I, and I just, I, I think they completely blow them out again. I, I don't see any team beating this Niners team until they get to at least the championship. championship. And I think Niners fans would be crazy not to be looking at flights, refundable hotels, etc. now, because I think they're very, very close. They're a lot better, in my opinion, than what they were the year that they played the Chiefs and lost. They're a more mm. complete team. Like I, I look at Eric Armstead and, and and the leadership that he has on on the other side of the ball. It's just, it's so fun to watch, you know? And then obviously Bosa as well. I could watch them play all day. It's crazy because when I was at that beginning of that season, now I thought the 49ers were absolutely mental trading up for Trey Lance and giving away all them picks to draft. Trey Lance because he was like he's coming he's coming out of college you know I, I think he didn't play the year he was drafted because of COVID and I was like that guy had one good year are you really going to sell the 49ers future to draft a guy who just has a really really high ceiling and they did and it, it, it's kind of like he got he's gotten injured now and they had to go back to Jimmy G which is fine because you know Jimmy G's a good quarterback he's going to go somewhere in the offseason I believe and you know really really help the team and then he got injured, obviously, because Jimmy G is injury prone. We all know this. And then Brock Purdy came in. And I think everyone was like, oh, my God. But like, I don't think anyone ripped them off because they're like, oh, my God, it's going to be hard with a third string, a third string guy who's Mr. Irrelevant. It is going to be difficult for them. But the 49ers are just so potent on both sides of the balls. And they, everyone knows that any kind of quarterback can come into Kyle Shanahan's system and work, you know. So but at the beginning of the season when they played so when they played really really poorly at the beginning of the season and they were like losing their games and they had a losing record and I was like they are a mediocre team and I think I said that on the podcast but now I'm like clearly eating my words because like they're like the best if not the second best team in the NFC and they're they can give anyone a run for the money and I think bringing in McCaffrey was the best bit of business they did in in 
um, at the beginning of the season in October. I think they brought a him huge in. Huge flex, huge flex to bring because, him in. Because like when he was at the Carolina Panthers, he was injury prone as well. And I hated that firm because I was like, this guy is so good. You know, like he's like one of the only people to have like a thousand receiving yards and a thousand rushing yards in one season. Like that's an incredible stat for for a guy and it's just kind of like I was so angry for him being at the Panthers because I'm like he's at such a he's at a team that's wasting his talent and potential and I don't maybe like I like you have to look at it and you have to kind of wonder what's up with the trainers or the medical staff at the Panthers that are just not that good because he's gone to the 49ers now and he's not got injured they're obviously utilizing them like Don't jinx it. <laughs> no I know my, my friend was saying when I was explaining this I was like he has not got injured in the last like, 10 or 11 games he's played for the 49ers which is like unheard of for him the last few seasons and she was like well maybe they're just not over maybe the Panthers were overusing them and this is like a person who does not watch the NFL just listens to me rant about it and the fact that she could even be like well maybe he was being overutilized like a Saquon Barkley type situation and the 49ers obviously don't have to rely on him all the time because they got Debo though I know Debo was out injured but they got Debo they got Ayuk you know they got they got the guys on defense as well Boza and all them guys to be making plays so you know the the Forty Niners are actually such a good team, and I think every year I sleep on them. But if I'm tell if they keep Brock Purdy, I think they'll be mental to move on from Brock Purdy. I don't care if Trey Lance is the third overall pick in the draft in one of the years. I'm not switching in him for Brock Purdy when Brock Purdy's proven himself and has proven himself in a playoff game. I I wouldn't even be thinking about it. I'd be like. Jimmy G, you're getting Trey. Uh, you know what? I might even key Jimmy G just for the experience and for Brock. Trey Lance would be gone for me in the offseason, 100%. Ooh, that's interesting. Because again, we let's talk about this in a different podcast, but obviously word coming out last night before the game, the Niners are going to explore options for Tom Brady in the offseason. So yeah, let's see. Like that was from me and Rapport last night. So let's see what happens. Obviously, Brady a bear, a kid. Let me, I want to actually just mention Geno Smith mm. and the Seahawks. Geno breaking numerous records set by Russell Wilson this season. Uh, it proved many people wrong, including myself this year, in terms of how he played. Um, Geno resurrected his NFL career in Seattle, mm. and Pete Carl has found a way to make it work with Geno Smith and to make them a, a winning football team and to make them a, a threatening football team. For Seattle, they've got some draft picks now. They've got the opportunity to take it to the next level with how to rebuild, like a lot of people mm. thought they would be with Russell Wilson. Um, do you think they should, like, obviously, Geno Smith is going to get paid now. He said mm-hmm. last night after the game that he wants to retire or finish his career in Seattle Mm. do you think the Seahawks will keep Gino and draft someone or draft a quarterback and maybe not give Gino that money and try and look at it in different ways I'm really really torn because while Gino has played very very good this season and he you know he led the league for multiple weeks in different stats do I think he can do it next year after teams have had seven or eight months off to actually study tape and study how Pete Carroll sets this offense up and then and 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 how the Seahawks set this offense up. I don't know. I, I'm re- I'm really, really torn because for me, if you know if you're looking at giving Geno Smith 25 or 30 million, if you draft a good quarterback, somebody that's ready or almost ready, and then you look at maybe bringing in another person on the wide receiver core, bringing in a different defensive player, it's a very, very difficult decision to make. And it's a decision where maybe Geno Smith's gonna have to take a pay cut to stay there. 
I think I heard the commentators during the 49ers game, um, or was it the guy, was it Jay on Sky Sports who said that he doesn't think Gino, I know everyone wants Gino to stay in Seattle. He's very well liked by the teammates and he's very well respected and Gino wants to finish his career there. He wants to stay. But at the end of the day, I think he said that Gino was saying he has to take care of his own business and if another team was offering him more money, he'd be crazy not to take it because that could have just been all respect to Gino he's done an incredible incredible thing this year like I think if you were to look at the stats of him with say like put his stats onto a quarterback that we all really love and admire like Justin Herbert I think he has more touchdowns than Justin Herbert like I think you'd be like yeah that's normal for a top end guy to be doing that and I think he's like he when I looked at the stats a few weeks ago he was in the top five quarterbacks like he was just ahead of Jared Goff and he was just under like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow I think it'd be disrespectful to him to not give him another year in Seattle you know maybe they can they can do a short contract maybe two or three years and uh, see how he gets on you know give him a good bit of money for that Um, I think it would be unfair and a bit disrespectful on him to not re-sign him after the the year he's had but I'm kind of looking at it the only thing I'm like he has to do it again I'm all about consistency like you say to me Michaela who's the best quarterback in the league who would you rather have Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes and they're the two top MVP candidates I'd still probably say well you have to go with Mahomes because he's proven it time and time and again so I'm still saying the thing for my guy at the Eagles like Jalen has to prove himself next year and he has to do it again once you do it two years in a row I think you can you can be safe in saying okay this guy is actually good and it wasn't a fluke because I don't want Gino to have a situation where kind of for example like Terry Bridgewater when he when was a Drew Brees or the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints got injured and he had to come in and play the five games or something like that. He won all the games and then he got a trade and he got a good contract wherever he went. It was either the Broncos or the Panthers. I literally cannot remember at this time because he's just like such a journeyman. But you don't want the similar situation to happen with Gino where he's played really well and then you give him the contract, you give him the money and then he just relapses or relapses, what a word for me to pick, but just kind of regresses next year. And it was just a fluke. So I think the Seahawks have to be very careful. Um, I think he they should maybe give him a two-year contract with a, a good little bit of money, see how he goes on that. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. They can move on from them. But for me, the Seahawks have to entice, like all the players I was looking at yesterday, I was like, I do not know these names really, except for Metcalf and Lockett. They need to entice more people to come to, to, to Seattle. And I think Pete Carroll can definitely do that. They need to entice some kind of veterans to come. You know, you know, like the veterans can see like if they could get on into the playoffs with a guy that everyone ripped off a quarterback and a team full of rookies and kind of like people that aren't really well known in the league, then what can happen if I go there? Like we could probably be like one of the best teams if if they get two or three veterans and draft some really really, like highly graded I don't know defensive or offensive player in the draft and I think the Seahawks should take a leaf out of the Cowboys and the Browns book and have a, a two punch running back system because we know Pete Carroll loves to run the ball and that was one of the reasons that there was kind of like a bit of tension between him and Russell because everyone was like, oh, let Russ cook. And we all know Pete Carroll was more of a run first guy. So I think like if they maybe draft another running back, you know, maybe 
get a, a running back in from a team or free agency. I think they can have a two punch with him and Kenneth Walker and then Gino will flash when he needs to flash. So I think that would be a good um, system for the Seahawks going into the offseason. You know, give Gino a, a two or three year contract um, bring in some veterans, get another running back. And I think they, they'd be a scary team next year. Right, let's talk about this Chargers jog scheme. I, I will say this. I think Gino's gone. I think it goes somewhere else. That's, is he can get paid, but if I've controversial, it'll happen. If it, goes, it's controversial in Seattle. But if he goes to the commanders or the Jets, he's just you might as well just finish your career and retire. Like you're just gonna regress with them. But if he gets paid, I think I know, you if know, he gets like, paid, yeah. And this is the guy that wasn't gonna get paid. So I think let's see what happens. And obviously fair, fair play to him and fair play to the Seahawks for a season that I certainly didn't see coming. Um Right. This is interesting. I went to bed at halftime in this game again. And, shame. you know, I know. I sh- shame, 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 shame. Sackle um, offense. It probably is. I, f- I feel really bad about it. Um, but I, I, you know, I think I had reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Jacksonville 27. Granted, it was 27-7 down at the half. It was 27-0 at one point, just with a couple of minutes left in the second quarter. Trevor Lawrence throws four picks. It just didn't look like it was happening. And, you know, we've got two late nights ahead of us. And I, I made that exactly. conscious decision to try and save myself. And that was for my employer as well. And uh, hopefully, yeah, it's all good if you're hearing this. Hey, um, where the hell do we start here? We got like, honest to God. I mean, it was the manner of the picks for me at the start. And then it was the manner of the performance from the Chargers in the first and second quarter. For the Chargers to be set 27 in the walk. Superb, proving people wrong. And you're starting to think, Jesus, if they're coming to Jacksonville and putting the marker down on this team, like I, I thought they'd put it up to maybe 40, 45, 47 by the end of the game with the way mm-hmm. they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you you looked at certain players like um Austin Eckler on the run game in the first half, wasn't getting much done, but you thought he would sort of push on in the second half when the game became a sort of became a non-contest. Jared Everett, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer. Um wow. I think there's there's like I mean I've sat this morning and I've watched the second half in full, not, not just the highlights. That's why our podcast is up later this morning, folks. Apologies. Um I think for me there's two keys here. You know, for me it's the it's the touchdown at the end of the half which allowed Jacksonville to believe almost and give them some sort of belief when people were completely writing them off, including myself. For Lawrence to get down the field and get seven points on the board is one thing. And then, McGillah, for me, it's the combination of coming out in the second half and getting the points on the board immediately on that next drive um, and starting to see that pathway. Because when it went to, was it 27 to 14 or 30 to 14 at that point, um, it gave them the ability to think, well, right, look, if we can stop the Chargers on the next drive or limit them to a field goal. We have a chance in this game if we go and get a touchdown. And it was just, you know, from, from then for me, it was just unreal. Evan Engram, Zay Jones, obviously Christian Kirk came into it towards the end of that touchdown that got them closer. But at the time when it was really, really needed, you had that play by Engram, you had that play by Zay Jones. And just the, the play of the game, the decision of the game on fourth and one with... Was it one one forty or whatever to go? Travis Eddian running in the field goal range and the the game almost being over. I think there's numerous things to talk about here, and I'm I'm really excited to hear your thoughts. The 
the, the charges had one time out at that point. And they didn't use it until like 20 seconds to go. Now, obviously, your hands are tied in the first down situation. But for me, whenever the clock, I'd, I'd be timing out after the first play of the next drive. And I'd be making them think, right, try and catch them off guard here, try and do something. And it just seemed like Staley was out of ideas. And I think for me now, and we'll we'll talk about Staley in a minute, and I think there's definitely questions to be asked. But that that is one hell of a comeback, Michaela, by, by, by the Jaguars. And again, just another a huge step in the direction where you know they're not just proving our mire wrong, they're proving everybody wrong. They proved me certainly wrong last night. And I have to say, fair play to them and fair play to Trevor Lawrence to come out and score four touchdowns, four passing touchdowns after throwing four picks because I don't I don't think anybody else mm-hmm. in the league could do that at the minute. Now he's not the first to do it, but by God, he was one off the record in the playoffs for interceptions. So I have to ha- hold my hands up and, and congratulate the Jaguars. It's an incredible second half performance. Well, I, I know on the last podcast or when we did our picks, I, I know I picked the Jags and I know you picked the Chargers. So when I was watching this game and I was like, obviously the first drive of the game, Trevor chose to pick. Now, it kind of you can kind of look at that and be like, all right, that was just a little bit unlucky. You know, two Chargers players, including Joey Boza, got their fingertips to it, to tip it into the other defender's hands. But then the three picks were just... I. He's like, oh my god, this guy is is choking in the playoffs. This is what it feels like. I I do feel like he was unlucky again with the second pick, just kind of like because they're like, okay, first drive pick, let's just write it off. You know, we're good. And then to go back out immediately and get another interception, it's just kind of like it's so heartbreaking, especially because how far the Jaguars have come. And it was so funny because um, again, my friend was was watching it who does not watch the football. And she was like, you know, Trevor Lawrence would want to cop on and get a bit of confidence into him because I was not going to lie, like yourself, because they were so high up and because there were so many picks, I was in and out of consciousness asleep. But for some reason, she stayed up and was watching it and was like, and then I think the four interception, because in my mind, I was like, okay, he's thrown three picks. I was like, if they had a decent backup quarterback, I still think if they had Gardner Minshew on that team, they would have put them in because it's just kind of like he's shown three picks he like I think if that was any other game and if they had a decent backup he would have been benched but really I, in a playoff game I <laughs> four picks I think they would have benched them for if they had someone like Gardner oh, no, I, 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 I definitely agree I think certain head coaches would have absolutely but it shows I guess it shows like Doug Peterson's, Peterson's a hell of a job unreal it just shows you the belief he has in his guys like I know they don't have anyone else to go back for for quarterback to even come in so there was no even point in talking about it like they have to stick with Lawrence and stuff like that but yeah when when it was the half and I heard then I woke up I was woken by the news that he threw threw thrown a four pick and I was just like oh my god and my friend was like she was making fun of him as well like I think everyone was making fun of him at this point she was like isn't he supposed to be a generational talent and I was like and she was like, what would have happened to him after this game? I was like it would have just been chalked up to a bad game. He wasn't going anywhere relaxed. But um yeah, so for but for Doug Peterson to still believe in Trevor Lawrence, and I'd love what I would have loved to have been on a fly in the wall in that locker room at halftime. Whatever Doug said, and Doug wasn't getting angry or he wasn't getting frustrated or like shouting at him. He was just whatever he said works, and I think his relationship with Trevor works really well. It obviously gets the best sale of Trevor because he came out in the second half 
and, and prove that like he made up for the four interceptions like I know if you're a Jaguars fan you're probably having heart attacks throughout the game or you're probably so depressed at halftime but he came out and he made up for the poor, four picks he threw by throwing four touchdowns and that's what he had to do to make up for them picks he had to throw an equal amount or if not more touchdowns and for them to kind of still put the ball in Trevor's hands and for hit to, for them to trust him after throwing that many picks when they have a good then they have a good runner runner and and at the end they could have just you know let's just run the ball let's just run the ball the throw game isn't working like it, we don't know what's up let's just run the ball and see what happens they believed in Lawrence and he st- and he went and you know he, he he repaid everyone's fate in them in the second half and I'm really happy for him because I do want Trevor Lawrence to succeed and I do want him to be generational talent like Peyton Manning you know like he's a humble guy I love following his if if you like Trevor Lawrence or you support the Jaguars you have to follow his wife on Instagram because she just puts up the best behind the scenes stuff like uh, in fairness I was making fun of her the morning of the playoffs like before the game she had like this go Jags like big huge sign and like balloons and she had cupcakes made with his face on them and I was like she needs to relax this is only the first playoff game and then after the game I think him and I'm not sure if it was guys on the team or his friends that were at the game I think it could have been guys on the team because there was a lot of wives they all went to Waffle House after the game and like that's something that would happen Waffle in House I, Waffle House go and look at our Instagram story it's hilarious like there's just <laughs> loads of them at tables eating Waffle House and like Trevor standing around talking to everybody and it's just kind of like that you love that like I love seeing stuff like that I'm kind of like that's something that would happen after a college or a high school win going to a Waffle House they went to Waffle House after winning a playoff game against like one of the best I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league now obviously I, I don't think the head coach is decent but I just love that like I love the camaraderie uh the the relationships the friendships with the guys and the Jags I just think that's such a fun kind of humble thing to do so I'm well, really here, here like I'll I'll jump to the next thing then right mm. how far are you gonna go because I what well, please correct me if I'm wrong if they, they play Chiefs next week yeah they, I, I was looking at the bracket this morning because my friend was asking who they're going to play and I was curious. So basically, if the Bengals and the Bills win, they will play they the will. Chiefs because they they're will. the worst seed left. But if somehow the Dolphins or the Ravens beat either the Bengals or the Bills, they'll play one of them. I just, look. Again, a massive congratulations to, to Trevor Norris and Jacksonville. I think... They have a really, really interesting offense that could probably put up anywhere between 20 and 30 against Kansas City, even in Arrowhead. The question for me is, can the defense stop the Chiefs? And we can talk about that next week if it does come to that point. And obviously enjoy the games on Sunday, folks. Uh, the, the one thing that I wanted to end this on, Michaela, just this podcast, is that we have been chatting for half an hour, but these games are nuts in, in a good way. Um, um, Sean Payton, the Chargers. I think this is now a match made in heaven. Um, you've I've got, never even... Uh, I never thought of that, but I love Justin it. Herbert's got two years left of his, of his, of his rookie contract. Justin Herbert want... is going is going to get paid like never before. And um, Brandon Steely surely now is out after last year with the whole situation against the Raiders in that last game of the season. And now this year with just a complete flop of the second half that has cost his team dearly. I just do not see a way forward. Um, I look... I've had Broncos fans texting me this morning and, and DM me saying like, oh, isn't the great Michael Chargers lost? You're, you're picking the Chargers to win. Ha ha. And I'm like, mate, I don't know what the hell we're laughing at as Broncos fans <laughs> because 
the Chargers at least got to the playoffs and they've got a hell of a team there. Like they've got Justin Herbert there for a start. Sean Payton, I think, could turn this Chargers happen. team into a complete contender. I genuinely think he could take Justin Herbert and put him at a level that we have never seen before. And I... that is scary as a fan. But do you think Steely's out? 100% I think he's gone I think I said in the last podcast he, you know look look I remember you and Mark were talking about it and I was like guys it's the first time he, like you know they've been he's got them to the playoffs for the first time in a few years like I think he probably deserves another year after that but not after that game like I know the Jaguars are a good team but to get four interceptions to call plays that get four interceptions in the game and then lose the game I think if any other game and any other team had four picks or four turnovers they would have won the game easily because they always like you always kind of say like turnovers are a big thing in games like usually teams don't win if they have like a certain amount or something like that but I'm I was looking at the stats there because I when I woke up I needed to know how many touchdowns Trevor Lawrence threw and then out of curiosity I obviously went and looked at Herbert one touchdown he had in that whole game and that just makes me furious because he should be up there with Joe Burrow Josh Allen he should be in the top four quarterbacks like I think Jalen Hurts would be five it should be him at like four Burrow at three Allen at two and Mahomes at one and the fact that he's trying one touchdown in a playoff game is a sackable enough for offense for me for Brandon because I'm like you have a generational talent that was trusted to the NFL within like what the first or second game after the starter got injured, what a lung puncture thing, whatever was the Tyrod Tyro Taylor got like his lung punctured or something like that, the quarterback and they had to trust him in and he re- wins offensive rookie of the year and he breaks the rookie touchdown records for a quarterback. And we all know Justin Herbert's a generational talent. And the fact that, like, don't get me wrong, Austin Eckler is a brilliant, brilliant player. But if I had Justin Herbert, I would... No, again, don't get me wrong, Mike Williams was injured. Keenan Allen was in... They were both injured at the beginning of the season. You know, it was just bad luck as well. And they did have to put the ball in Eckler's hands a lot. But I'm kind of like, you have Justin Herbert on your team and he threw one touchdown in the playoffs game. That is a sackable offence for me. I want Herbert to be up with Burrow and Allen and throwing 30 to 40, 50 touchdowns a year. I don't want to watch the Chargers to watch Austin Eckler run the ball in for two touchdowns. If I wanted to watch a good run game, I'd go watch the Cowboys and Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. I want to watch the Chargers because I want to watch Herbert throw 50-yard bombs to a receiver or a tight end, you know what I mean? So, like, he's he has to be gone for me. Just, not even, because, like, fair enough, they got to the playoffs. He's just gone for me because he doesn't... He has one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he doesn't use them properly. And just the the sheer embarrassment of that comeback from the Jaguars as well. He, he's gone. I'm going to make a bold prediction now as we end this podcast. I think we've seen the best of this weekend. I think every other game today is going to be boring. The game. I, ho- are... I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I think the Bills are going to walk over the Dolphins. Bengals are going to walk over the Ravens. I think Kirk Cousins is going to put on a show today. Genuinely, and I think no. the late game. I tell you what, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to go to bed at halftime in the late game. But the Bengals do route the Ravens. But I will say this: if we're getting to the halfway through the third quarter and there's no comeback coming, yes, I'll go to bed. But um, I think we've seen the best, Mikhail. But it, it would be great to chat mm-hmm. to you tomorrow as we're here, and obviously the chat to Mark as well to hear uh, our thoughts on the Sunday slate before we go into this big game Monday night. But uh, it's been great, great, great crack chatting this morning. I'm presuming you haven't changed any of your opinions on tonight's games. 
No, the game I'm looking forward to most is the Vikings and the Giants because I love New York City and I know the Giants are in, you know, the same division as the Eagles, but like, I don't care. I like what they're doing. I like what Dable's doing. I think he's a head coach of the year candidate. Also, just to track back on the Jaguars, I think Doug Peterson is coach of the year now after that. 100%. 100%. From going from four interceptions to four touchdowns, that's unbelievable. But anyway... Yeah, interesting. They, but okay. My my game is because obviously you know Lamar Jackson's out, Tua took a Viola's so You know, you know those two games are going to be easy for the Bengals and the Bills. If you just want to watch a show of the two best quarterbacks, go and watch them games. Obviously, but I'm looking forward to the Vikings and the Giants because I really think the Giants can win the game because I think the Vikings are a bit um a bit fr- fr- I I didn't believe in the beginning because their their record pro- proved otherwise, but they are. I think a little bit fraudulent and I think the Giants can definitely beat them today. So I'm hoping for the Giants win because then we'll get them. The Eagles will get them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Well, here, look, great, great, great chatting to you. Uh, hopefully we get another, you know, re- really, really good night tonight in the NFL folks. And um, we are going to go audio only for the next few weeks. So if you want to listen to us, you can do so. Just search Pro Football Ireland. We really appreciate your time, Michaela. We'll, we'll hear Mark's thoughts soon as well. And uh, chat to you soon.